The following audio is from Grace City Church in San Diego, California. More information about Grace City Church is available at gracecitysd.com. Simon Peter followed Jesus, and so did another disciple. Since that disciple was known to the high priest, he entered with Jesus into the court of the high priest. But Peter stood outside at the door, so the other disciple, who was known to the high priest, went out and spoke to the servant girl who kept watch at the door and brought Peter in. Their servant girl at the door said to Peter, You also are not one of this man's disciples, are you? He said, I am not. Now the servants and the officers had made a charcoal fire because it was cold, and they, and they were standing and warming themselves. Peter also was with them, standing and warming himself. The high priest then questioned Jesus about his disciples and his teaching. Jesus answered him, I have spoken openly to the world. I have always taught in the synagogues and in the temple, where all the Jews come together. I have said nothing in secret. Why do you ask me? Ask those who have heard me, who had heard me what I said to them. They know what I said. When he had said these things, one of the officers standing by struck Jesus with his hand, saying, Is that how you answer the high priest? Jesus answered him, If what I said is wrong, bear witness about the wrong. But if what I said is right, why do you strike me? Annas then sent him bound to Caiaphas, the high priest. Now Simon Peter was standing and warming himself, so they asked to him, You also are not one of his disciples, are you? He denied it and said, I am not. One of the servants of the high priest, a relative of the man whose ear Peter had cut off, asked, Did I not see you in the garden with him? Peter again denied it, and at once a rooster crowed. Let us pray. Dear Lord, we come before you and we just thank you um, just for this day to be alive and just what a blessing that is. I pray, Lord, that as we are here today, if there's anything that is weighing in our heart, or on our minds, God, I pray that we are able to surrender that to you, knowing that you carry our burdens, God, and you are with us. I pray that, um, that you just open our minds and our hearts to you and what you're saying, Lord. I pray that your Holy Spirit be present and alive um, today here in this space, and um, speak through Randall, God. Use um, just your word and your, and your grace and your peace um, to speak through today. We just thank you that we can come together as a church community, as a family, and um, come before you. We thank you for this day. Amen. Amen. Thanks, Byron. Hey, good morning. How's everybody doing? Good. Well, if this is your first time here, my name is Randall. If you were here last week, uh, Trevor preached and uh, did a fantastic job. And so uh, we started our series last week entitled Amazing Grace. And uh, it's a case study in the life of Peter. Um, And so we're going through the book of John. We're finishing up. Again, if you're new, we've been uh, only going for a year and a half as a church. Uh, we're going to celebrate our two-year anniversary this October. Praise God. And uh, it's exciting, yeah, to see what God's doing. And so we started in the book of John, but we also started because there are a group of people who uh, believed and prayed that uh, God was calling us to plant this church. And so last week, uh, both Billy and I had the chance to go back to uh, one of the, the supporting churches that uh, really sent us out, prayed for us, and also financially contribute to making Grace City possible. Um, and it was awesome. I worked uh, at a church in Savannah, Georgia for eight and a half years as a youth pastor, and I was able to see some of the kids that were in sixth grade. Now they are grown and driving on the road, and it's, you know, it's like, wow, this is, this is a little, this is exciting, but it's also a little scary, you know, as I'm going out onto the road, seeing these kids that are, that, that were just so small, and now they're adults. Um, and, and it was exciting to be a part of just seeing, okay, there, there are people that are behind us. 
We're not alone out here, but there are people that are excited about what God is doing here in our city, um, the gospel being proclaimed and people being saved. And so um, I just wanna share, just real quick, there's a picture, I think, yeah, there, there are a couple churches that are here, Community Bible Church up, up top, um, and then below, Compassion Christian Church, and I used to work at Compassion, and CBC has just been one of those churches that has been just rooting us on from the start. And so there are people like this, and these are just a few of them that have been praying for us, financially giving to make it possible for us to be here. And so I am very humbled and grateful for these people. And um, here's our goal. I'm just gonna be right up front. Our goal is in the next year that I can go back to, to them and say, hey, we are a financially sustainable church that says, okay, we're not just gonna be like living in our mom's uh, spare bedroom, you know, like hanging out, but we are moving on and we are now gonna be financially stable and being able to plant more churches. That's where we wanna be by God's grace in the next year. And so that's our prayer. Pray with us about that. Be a part, because here's the thing. We wouldn't be able to do what we do if it were not for these people and many more. And so praise God for them. I'm thankful to be back um, here and seeing what God's doing. And here's the cool part. Church isn't dependent on me or Billy, right? It is dependent on Jesus Christ. This is Jesus' church, and we're thankful for that. And so today... We're gonna jump in, we're gonna talk about Jesus, okay? So here's our message. Our message is this. Grace in our darkest moments. Grace in our darkest moments. As we look at the life of Peter, what we're gonna see is grace in our darkest moments. So what's a moment in your life that you wish you could erase? If you can erase any moment, what would it be? See, we all have moments, big and small, that we look back on and think, I wish I would have done that differently. Do you look back and live with regret? The Huffington Post put out an article in 2014 that said 90% of people have a major regret about something in their lives. They went on to say that regret is the second most mentioned emotion behind love. They also added that 25% of people regret sharing selfies. <laughs> most of us wish that that percentage were higher. <laughs> Our current series is entitled Amazing Grace, and, and we're doing a case study on the life of Peter as Jesus is heading to the cross. And today's text is definitely a low point in Peter's life. I'm sure in the moment, something he would have liked to say, I want to erase that. Here's what this moment reveals for Peter. It reveals his fragility as a disciple, his lack of integrity, his weakness, and ultimately his utter need for grace. For many of us, if, if we were, if this were our story, we would probably want this taken out of the Bible. But it's here today for a reason. It's here to give us hope because it displays the extravagant grace that God has for uneven performers like you and me. And so what is grace? Grace is the message that we didn't earn or deserve God's love, affection, righteousness, or acceptance. It's a gift 
freely given through Jesus. I've heard it said that grace is God's riches at Christ's expense. Because Jesus paid it all, we get the riches of God. And so who needs it? I remember uh, being a youth pastor and and thinking about my time in Savannah and and there was one student that, that came to mind. He was the one that was the troublemaker. He was the one that was always causing issues. I remember youth leaders coming to me and saying, hey, hey, watch out for for that one over there. And we had a lot of great conversations together. And and he was one of those kids that during service, he would sneak out in the back, would know where he went, had to go find him. And I remember talking with him one day, just, just saying, hey, like, what is it that keeps bringing you back here? Like, what, what's the reason for, for why you come back? He says, I don't know. I just feel like people, they, they, they actually care about me. And I said, do you know what the gospel is? Do you know what, what the Bible's all about? And he says, well, no, not really, because people usually just see me as a bad kid. Go to school, go home, I'm just a bad kid. I said, here's the reality. All of us are bad kids. It's not just some of us, it's, it's all of us. We're all in the same boat. And I remember him looking back at me and saying, well, I kind of like that because I feel like I can relate. See, Isaiah 53, 6 says that it's not just some kids like him that need grace. It's, it's all of us. It says, all we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned, listen to this, everyone to his own way. And the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of, it, of us all. The payment that gives us grace was laid on Jesus. Jerry Bridges In his book, Discipline of Grace, says this. He says, your worst days are never so bad that you're beyond the reach of God's grace. And your best days are never so good that you are beyond the need of God's grace. Don't we think to ourselves, well, I'm not that bad. But what the Bible says is, yes, we are. We've all run. We've all gone astray. And we all need God's grace. In today's text, Peter goes astray. He turns from Jesus, the one he's closely followed for three years. And in his denial, his passionate denial, Jesus never turns from him. Instead, knowing Peter would deny him, Jesus boldly marches to the cross. See, today's text gives us this beautiful picture of what amazing grace is. You see, it's clear that Peter didn't, turn, or didn't earn God's love, mercy, or kindness by his devotedness to Jesus. No, God's love and forgiveness was purely an act of grace that Peter needed in his darkest moments. See, all of us should be able to relate. Let me ask you this. In your darkest moments, do you believe that God's grace is boundless enough to cover even your deepest regrets. Because I hear a lot of this. 
Well, I'm just beating myself up for what I've done. Friends, that's not the gospel. Today, do you believe that God's grace is big enough to cover your deepest regrets? Our text is John 18, 15 through 27. Just to give some background, Jesus has been captured and is on his way to the cross. Up to this point, Peter had, again, passionately followed Jesus for three years. And now we see Peter deny that he even knows Jesus. And here's what we learned from today's scripture. Dark moments in our lives, they, they come. And they come and are meant to uncover not just our gaps in life, but also God's abundance and his amazing grace. And we see this happen in today's text in three ways. And so I'm gonna give you all three up front. If you're taking notes today, here's what they are. Dark moments. Number one, reveal personal gaps. Number two, magnify God's goodness. And number three, send wake-up calls. Reveal personal gaps, magnify God's goodness, and send wake-up calls. And so the first point is reveal personal gaps. Look at verses 16 through 17. It says this, Peter stood outside at the door. So the other disciple who was known to the high priest went out and spoke to the servant girl who kept watch at the door and brought Peter in. The servant girl at the door said to Peter, you also are not one of this man's disciples, are you? He said, I am not. Who revealed the personal gaps between who Peter thought he was and who he actually was? Look at verse 17. The servant girl. The servant girl. Through a simple question, she revealed the gap that was in Peter's life. See, the question could be translated like this. Surely you are not also one of this man's disciples, are you? It was a cynical tone in nature and expected a no response. It, it was to distance himself from Jesus. And so what, what does this interaction show us? Well, two parts. First one is this, that no matter how strong we think we are, we all have gaps. P Peter walked with Jesus, sacrificed everything to follow Christ, was ready at, at, at certain moments to die for Jesus. But all it took was a simple question from a servant girl to reveal the fear, the faithlessness of Peter. See, no matter how strong we think we are, we all have gaps. Another part of that is this, it doesn't take much to expose those gaps, right? For, for, for Peter, it was a servant girl. For us, it's something else. For me, with my three kids, all it takes is a road trip. That's it. Like, like, 
that small of a thing, right? Like, pile them all in the car. We're driving somewhere. That's all it takes to reveal personal gaps in my faith with Jesus. As they're fighting, clawing at one another, arguing, screaming. Those are moments where I realize, thank you, Jesus, that I'm not saved just for being a perfect father. Right? I need your grace. It is only God's grace that can help us to face the gaps when they're revealed. Because here's the thing. When you're in those moments, don't you think to yourself, whoa, I thought I was stronger than that. I thought, thought I was a little further in my faith than that. And what we do a lot of the times is we'll try to make excuses about it. Well, that's not really me. If it wasn't really you, then who was it? Right? That, that, that's the question. We can try and distance ourselves from the truth of the gaps rather than say, you know what? That actually is me and it's kind of scary that I got that mad, that I said that thing, that I thought that thought. Just filled with judgment. Wow. I love this quote from Timothy Keller. He says, this is the gospel. The gospel is this. We are more sinful and flawed in ourselves than we ever dared believe. Yet at the same time, we are more loved and accepted in Jesus Christ than we ever dared hope. We have to realize the scary part of that first section. We are more sinful and flawed in ourselves than we ever dared believe. You ever thought to yourself, wow, I can't believe how sinful I really am. I've had moments like that and I still do. It reveals personal gaps in our lives. See, Peter was not as strong as he thought and he already had been told that by Jesus. Jesus already predicted this earlier in John 13. But instead of being told, he now had to be shown. He had to be shown. Sometimes we just don't believe the personal gaps until we're shown. Wow, I was really off base. But praise God for his grace, right? The second part of this is, as we look at verses 19 through 23, it, dark moments magnify God's goodness. They magnify his goodness. Here's what it says, starting in verse 19. The, the high priest then questioned Jesus about his disciples and his teaching. Jesus answered him, I've spoken openly to the world. I've always taught in synagogues and in the temple where all the Jews come together. I said nothing in secret. Why do you ask me? Ask those who have heard me what I said to them. They know what I said. When he had said these things, one of the officers standing by struck Jesus with his hand, saying, is that how you answer the high priest? Jesus answered him, if what I said is wrong, bear witness about the wrong. But if what I said is right, why do you strike me? We got to let that settle in for a minute. See, 
as I said, like we, we have personal gaps. But there is no gap with God. There is no gap in his character. There is no gap in his goodness. See, there's a wide gap between us and God. And in this section of scripture, we see how wide that gap is. See, it started with a question for Jesus, just like it did with Peter. But Jesus is being asked by the high priest. A lot higher than the servant girl. And the thing is, the, 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 the high priest questioned Jesus about his disciples and his teaching. He was asking him questions about people like Peter. Jesus was questioned, not by a servant girl, but by the high priest. And here's what we see from Jesus in his darkest moment. Unparalleled truth, courage, loyalty, nobility, humility. As we look at Jesus in scariest moment, it only brings out the truth that we find in Mark 10, 18 when it says, remember this, Jesus asks, he says, who alone, who, who, who's good? Why do you call me good? And then he says, God alone is good. Who can face these types of trials? Only God. See, it magnifies the goodness of God because as we look at Jesus, we should think, wow. I don't think to myself, like, how can I do that? I think, how did he do that? Because I can't. I need Jesus. I want to be loyal. I want to be truthful. I want to be humble like him. But I, I know within myself there are gaps that he has to close. He alone is good. Magnifies God's goodness. And lastly, what it does is this. It sends wake-up calls. Dark moments send wake-up calls. Look at verses 25 through 27. Now Simon Peter was standing and warming himself. So they said to him, you, you also are not one of his disciples, are you? He denied it and said, I am not. One of the servants of the high priest, a relative of the man whose ear Peter had cut off, asked, did I not see you in the garden with him? Peter again denied it. And at once, a rooster crowed. Here, Peter is going deeper and deeper into a slippery slope of sin. He just keeps going further and further. I mean, if you read in the different Gospels, what you'll see is he adamantly says, no, I have nothing to do with Jesus. He even curses. He says, no, that's not me. Just leave me alone. He keeps digging. And in the darkness, we get verse 27. Peter again denied it and at once a rooster crowed. A rooster crowed. Jesus predicted it in John 13, 38. And this crow is a wake-up call. God sent this rooster to crow 
so that Peter would repent. He would repent. See, as he keeps digging this hole deeper and deeper and deeper into his personal sin, God sends his loving grace to call him out so that he repents. Not too long ago was Shark Week. And I remember like five years ago, I was watching Shark Week. And it was a story about a guy, he's a surfer out in Hawaii. He said, you know, there's only really one thing that I was good at in my life, it's surfing. He said, so I would surf after work to the neglect of my wife, my kids. He said, I'd paddle out every day. And he said, one day I was out there, he was at this uh, place, uh, Crouching Tiger, out in Oahu. And he said, usually I would see turtles around. He's like, that's kind of my barrier, knowing that I'm okay. He says, but I got this eerie feeling. He says, I was just sitting out there in the water. All of a sudden, a 16-foot tiger shark swims up and just takes a hold of my leg and starts pulling on me. And he says this, he says, by the grace of God, it let go. And as he's struggling for his life, he paddles all the way back to shore. And as he's giving this interview, he says, he says it showed his life. He, he said, I am a different person today. He's like, I'm a better father. I'm a better husband. And it showed him at church worshiping Jesus. And he said, um, he said, as crazy as this sounds, I think God allowed that tiger shark to bite me to give me a wake-up call. He's like, people don't get it, people don't understand. He says, but I am thankful for that tiger shark that came that day. Wake-up call. By God's grace, this guy says, the tiger shark bit me, and I got the memo. What we see here is a rooster crowed. And here's what, Luke 22, 60 through 62 gives us a really clear picture of what happens. It says, but this, but Peter said, man, I do not know what you are talking about. And immediately, while he was still speaking, the rooster crowed. Listen to this, verse 61. And the Lord turned and looked at Peter. And Peter remembered the saying of the Lord. How he had said to him, before the rooster crows today, you will deny me three times. And he went out and wept bitterly. What do you think Peter saw in his darkest moment? As he locked eyes with Jesus, all I could think of is that he saw eyes of love eyes of grace. It was a wake-up call to turn back. In dark moments, what do you think God's expression is when you see, when he sees you? Do you think it's just 
Well, I wish you were doing more. It's just just disappointment. I, I thought you should be further along by now. What Peter saw was eyes of love, forgiveness, grace that gave him the wake up call he needed. And it says that he wept bitterly. You see, there's a, there's a difference between feeling bad because you got caught and true repentance because you're in a relationship with God. Right, like the, the, that's the difference that the Bible talks about. It says that the worldly sorrow, man, I got caught. And godly grief. And what we see Peter experiencing here is this godly grief. And so just some takeaways. How does God's grace transform our darkest moments? Here's the first one. Grace allows us to see personal gaps. It allows us to see them. Right, isn't the scariest thing at work like the performance review? As you're walking in and just thinking to yourself, okay, what, what, what's my employer gonna say? What does he think about me? What, what do they think about me? It's the scariest thing to face because we have to think, okay, am I gonna face some personal gaps that I don't know about? How do you do that? It's knowing him. It's knowing that my acceptance is in him. Oz Guinness talks about um, a couple people who, who had to face personal gaps, but they, they, they knew Jesus. They knew a, they had a personal relationship with Jesus. And, um, and one of them was uh, abolitionist John Newton. And uh, one day, he, he was a, a great, um, great man, but he was at one time a, a slave trader. Slave trader turned ab- abolitionist. And uh, he was praised one time for all the things he achieved. And here's how he responded. He, he responded, uh, Sir, the devil already told me that, about how great he was but he knew that it wasn't from God. It's a lie. In a similar situation, there was a, a preacher, his name's uh, Robert Murray McShane. And uh, he was congratulated by a parishioner for his saintliness. He repi- replied sharply, Madam, if you could see my heart, you would spit in my face. Listen to what Guinness says about this. He says, in each case, they refused to let others think that they were what essence, or that was its essence, the gap between the inner and the outer, appearance and reality. Right, like what people see on the outside, we can fake that. But what God sees is the truth. And when we stand before God, it's all I have is your grace, God. It allows us to see those gaps in our lives. I mean, it's like I said before, it's, it's like, hey, would anybody want to uh, put up on the screen here all the things that, are, that they did this past week? And we can just evaluate your thoughts, your heart, any, any you know, 
people want to say, yeah, let, let me do that. Let me show you how good I was this week. No, none of us. See, and what gave these men and gives us the courage to be bold about our shortcomings? It's knowing that God loves us, not because we're great performers, but because of his grace. He judges us on that standard. Praise God, right? The second takeaway is this. Grace invites us to hand it over. Like, what do you do with all those things, that junk? Well, you hand it over. Mike McKinley wrote this. He says, the question isn't whether we're guilty. It's how we deal with that guilt. Do we seek to shift it? Seek to work it off? Carry it till it crushes us? Or give it to Jesus? Let him deal with it. And know the burden-lifting wonder of a clean slate. Clean slate. Psalm 103 Verse 12 says this, as far as the east is from the west, so far does he remove our transgressions from us. As you stand in Christ, as Christ is your savior, you're actually better than you think you are because of Jesus. That's it. We have a clean slate in him. And so he invites us to hand it over, to be real, to be transparent with our shortcomings and say, Lord, you're the only one who can help me through this. And so the last part is this, grace empowers us to keep moving forward. See, some of us have given up and allowed our past to keep us captive. Instead, we make excuses to cover up our sin. But here's the truth that we learn from the life of Peter. Grace empowers us to repent of our sin and move forward in the gospel of grace. We don't have to stay the same anymore. We don't have to stay in our junk anymore. We can hand it over to Jesus and say, I'm not as good as I thought I was, but in you I could be better than I could have ever thought possible. You can do that. You can fill the void. You can fill the gap, Lord Jesus. Brendan Manning says, our huffing and puffing to impress God, our scrambling for brownie points, our thrashing about trying to fix ourselves while hiding our pettiness and wallowing in guilt, our nauseating to God and our flat-out denial of the gospel of grace. Us moping around about our sin is denying that God is handing us the greatest gift we could ever have and saying, you have a relationship with me. I've done it all for you. It is finished in the Son. Today you can move forward in God's strength, in God's grace. See, here's the truth. The only progress you're gonna make in your life as a Christian is not because of you, it's because of him. That's it. If you're getting better, you're getting better because of Christ. It is only because you are connected to Jesus. It's it's like we studied in John 15. You are connected to the vine. We're the branches. He's the vine. The only way I'm getting better and growing in Christ is because of him. 1 Corinthians 15.10 says this, but by the grace of God, I am what I am. This is Paul speaking. Mind you, killed Christians. And his grace toward me was not in vain. On the contrary, I worked harder than any of them, though it was not I. Hear that? But the grace of God that is with me. 
How did he grow? How did he get better? Because of Christ. Because of God's grace in his life. And he, he saw this God who says, I love you right where you're at, but I love you so much, I'm calling you out of that. I'm calling you to better. And it's only gonna be because of my strength. It's this phrase, by the grace of God. See, I hope that becomes a part of our vocabulary as Grace City. As people look at you and they look at your life and they say, wow, aren't you such a great this or aren't you such a great that? You say, man, it's by the grace of God. It's him. He did that. I can't take credit. See, Jesus can take the worst of us and transform us through his grace. I remember there was this time where my son, we, we were really struggling with him. It was like two years ago, and he was just having a really tough time in life. And I remember it was like every time we turn around, he's like getting into trouble or doing something or beating up his sister. Something crazy is going on right there in our, our home. He's arguing all the time. And I remember him looking at me, he says, Dad, are you gonna kick me out of the family? <laughs> I said, no, we're not gonna kick you out of the family. I said, but what you're learning, son, is something called grace. It's grace. Like if we're based on your performance, son, you, maybe. <laughs> but it's not that. I'm your dad, and I, I will always be your dad, no matter what you do, no matter how far you run, no matter what trouble you get yourself into, I'm always your dad. Jesus is saying that he, he, he has the grace not only to make you a Christian, but also the power to keep you a Christian. Do you realize how powerful that is? And when he says, man, I, I, I'm, I've got such a tight grip on you that when you're in that dark moment like Peter is, he'll send that rooster crow and he'll wake us up. And when that rooster crows, he says, it's time to turn back. It's time to repent. It's time to know that you serve a God who is lovingly gracious and is calling you to so much more. How is that possible? It's the gospel. It's this. And Peter's denial of Jesus, the good news is that Jesus never denied Peter. It was grace that tightly gripped Peter through all of his disobedience. It was Jesus that was doing what Peter could never do for himself. See, the gospel is this that we were only here because of sheer grace. And it's enough to cover us in our darkest moments. Do you know him like that? Do you run to him? Do you find that Jesus' work is the only way that you can make it through the day? Come to the cross, come to Christ, know that he's done it all for you. Let's pray. Jesus, we thank you for this story. And we pray, God, that you will help us to not lean on our abilities, 
but on the power and the ability of Christ. We see one of your closest disciples needing the cross just as much as any of us. Thank you that the only hero is Jesus. And we run to him this morning. We seek him. We ask God that you will help us. And if there's anyone here that's holding on to their dark moments and defining their life by it, I pray, Lord, that they hand it over to you, a God who can transform darkness into light. Pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to this resource from Grace City Church. If you found this helpful, feel free to share it and enjoy more resources at gracecitysd.com. Grace City Church exists to equip people with the gospel for everyday life.